0: Welcome to this special edition podcast of the Arizona Fall League, sponsored by Bowman. The first place to find the game's future stars. Visit tops.com for the latest news on Bowman baseball trading cards. So this is the final Arizona Fall League podcast of the year. The regular season is over. The championship game is on Saturday, and Kyle Glazer just came back from the Fall League. Uh, I'm Josh Norris. That's going to be Kyle Glazer you hear. Um, So I guess real quick, how was your trip? It was really, really good. Now, it was obviously the end of the fall league,
1: so a lot of the guys were tired, so it's not always the best look. These guys, for, for a lot of cases, have been going since almost mid-February, even maybe before with prospect mini camps that are now starting in January. So there's definitely a fatigue factor there, but still got to see some really interesting guys. I think coming out of it, the biggest guy who just kind of made an impression on me was a guy uh, who I hadn't seen before but I'd heard a lot about, it's good to get your own eyes on a guy, and that was Mitch Keller. I mean, this is a kid who, you know, we've heard a lot of scouts talk about him being, you know, a top tier pitching prospect in the game. Uh, obviously, there's been some really good reports on him. He was the Pirates' number one prospect midseason update. But seeing a guy like that in the fall league like, against all the other top prospects, dealing with everything else everyone else is dealing with fatigue, um, you know, he, he, he missed a little time of injury this year. And he was just very impressive. Uh, we we talked about him before I went on that podcast yeah. before and how his command left him in the Fall Stars game. Uh, seeing him come out, no command issues, was able to work inside and out, up and down, sequenced really, really well, fastball, curveball, and changeup. Uh, this is a guy that I, I think for me, not that I had any skepticism or doubts, I just, you know, having seen Alex Reyes, having seen Walker Bueller, and having an idea of, okay, these are what these top-tier pitching prospects are like, Michael Kopech. Now, being able to see Mitch Keller as well and kind of just having that basis of understanding for what the evaluators were seeing, um, he was impressive. You know, the game I was at was four innings, I think two hits, no runs, you know, only two strikeouts, but not a lot of hard contact. You know, the curveball just, guys can't do anything but hit it straight into the ground. Uh, he was impressive. You know, the easy velocity is comical and just poised, composed, and, you know, you see little things like the final out of the game. He's in the bullpen and final outs made. And he comes right out and starts signing for fans. Just, you know, little things like that that are always nice to see. So sorry, that was a very long-winded answer, but, uh, I do think that Mitch Keller was probably the guy who I knew was a guy going in and you see him more and it's just really, you know, kind of expand on, on that, on those, uh, those thoughts and those notions.
0: So where does he rank among the guys you've seen this year in person? Pitchers.
1: Well, obviously I didn't see Alex Reyes this year. I think, you know, given what Alex Reyes showed prior to going down with Tommy John, I still would take Alex Reyes over Mitch Keller. That's just me personally. Um, I would completely understand if people preferred Keller. At the same time, we don't know what Alex Reyes uh, is going to look like when he uh, comes back from Tommy John. We can be optimistic, and, and until he shows he isn't as good as he was before, I'm going to give him that benefit of the doubt. So I, mean, I think I still would take Alex Reyes... It's interesting him versus Kopech. Kopech obviously throws harder, but the control issues are a little more so. Um, I think you could, you know, it's a tough one. I, I think you probably do give the edge to Kopech a little bit with some of the strides he made the latter half of the end of last season uh, in terms of his control and staying on line and his delivery. Bueller, again, it's a, it's a different animal because Bueller's a college guy. He's had injuries before. Um, I would say Bueller's total arsenal is probably a little more complete, and that his third pitch is further along than Mitch Keller's third pitch. So I might give Bueller a slight edge in that regard. But I, I do understand, and 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 I'm not going to fight the idea that Keller belongs in a group of those top, you know, essentially four or five pitching prospects in all of baseball.
0: Did you see Justice Sheffield while you were out there?
1: I did not. I missed him. And this is a guy that, uh, but everyone raved about him, loved him, and I think we'll, uh, you know. Even without seeing him, I feel fairly confident saying we'll see him rise up. He was already a top hundred guy. I think we'll see him rise up quite a bit by the time the twenty eighteen top hundred breaks out. But
0: you did see another one of their high end arms, uh, Albert Abreu. Where did he do for you?
1: I did. So Abreu was interesting because when he started, he was just you know another guy with a hard fastball that you know he commanded decently well, which was a nice thing. But there were the curveball and the uh, and the uh, changeup. There really was not much of a feel for. His first three innings, and so he got hit a lot. He Gave up five hits in his first three innings. A lot of it was hard contact on a line. A lot of pitches left up a little bit. But then those final two innings, you saw the breaking ball feel calm. It looked like a slider to me, but talking to the coaches after, they said it was a curveball, and he just gets around it sometimes and doesn't always uh, know when to dial off the snaps so that can look like a slider at times. Um, and the changeup really started to show as well. So I think those final two innings of Albert Abreu, you could say, Okay. Again, even when he was struggling, you could still say, hey, this is a really premium arm given his age. You like the body. You like the way it all works. Um, But you could see, you know, there's fairly significant shortcomings. But then those final twittings he showed you, okay, there is a sense for fuel for those secondaries. And if those become more consistent, you can absolutely see a very, very uh, promising
0: young pitcher in the future. So we talked about pitchers. What kind of hitters did you have out there? I mean, we can't include Cunha because we all know what kind of a special unicorn he is. Let's go from the non-Cunha division.
1: You know, it's going to be a not top hundred guy. But it was actually Andrew Knizner with the Cardinals. This is a guy who uh, was a seventh round pick last year as a catcher. I'm doing the Cardinal system and. Uh, everyone I talked to said, hey, he can really hit, he can really hit, he can really hit. I saw some at bats just looking through MILB.com and you see, yeah, this is a guy who, you know, stays back on breaking balls, can catch up to good fastballs. But going and seeing in person, just hearing the quality of contact, both watching what he did in batting practice as well as through game, during games, you know, facing, again, you know, top prospect guys, he's taking some of their best stuff, hitting it back up the middle, you know, off the wall in center field. Uh, he can step the middle. He can pull the ball. I think that's a guy, again, for me, a lot of times the folly, it's a situation of knowing, okay, we know this guy is good, but then seeing it for yourself and getting that gauge of just how good
0: it is is promising. Anybody else that lets you up out there? I mean, just that, that's a big name. Kisner is, well, not a big name, but he's a a rising name. Anybody else that kind of?
1: Yeah, so I think the guy that I probably went in with um, just had kind of the least amount of background knowledge on just given – you know, my coverage area and, and whatnot. Uh, but who I came away thinking pretty highly of was uh, Tyro Estrada, the Yankee shortstop. Um, just how smooth he was at short, how effortless he made everything look. Uh, you know, throwing, you know, from any, making the throws anywhere on the diamond, different arm slots. But then on top of that, you saw the offensive ability. Um, you know, hit 301 with a 350 some on base at A this year, so you know there's clearly something there. As a 21-year-old. I mean, he was, uh, I saw him take, you know, uh good pitches. I mean, hit him, you know, was on the line up the middle. I saw him hit a ball off the wall, off the top of the wall in right center in Scottsdale going the opposite way. Um, had really good at-bats, really did a nice job just kind of, you know, waiting for his pitch and driving it, not, you know, chasing what the pitcher wanted him to chase. And I think anytime you have a guy that has that good of a, of a glove at shortstop with those bat-to-ball skills and on-base skills, it's promising
0: now let's go the other direction is there anybody that like you had a, a high opinion of coming in and they maybe tempered it a little bit with their play out there
1: you know it's hard because it's the end of the season and these guys are so exhausted it's hard to get a great gauge on there was one guy um that i just had again the guy that I, I wanted to see more of uh, and that was Esteban Florial. and just the games i was at uh, i saw him twice Really didn't do a whole lot. Um, talking to some people who were there, he was stronger in the beginning part of the fall league, and he had clearly tired by the end of it. Uh, really good kid. You talk to him, uh, you know. Look, you see certain things. You see some physicality. You see tools. Uh, you know, he was able to translate for Albert Abreu uh, post game. Uh, very mature kid. So a lot of things to like. Um, I think for me, just and again, you have to take into account how tired these guys are. There's a lot of um, the breaking ball recognition was not there. A lot of holes in the swing. You know, fastballs at 92 hittable zones over the plate, just kind of swing and throw them. And when I see that and know that there was a 36% strikeout rate in rookie ball and a 32% strikeout rate at the A-ball levels this year, it's definitely something that makes my eyebrows raise a little bit. But again, I'm not gonna say, "Oh, I thought I don't think he's a top 25 or, or top 50 prospect anymore." He clearly is. It just to me it was. It, something to keep
0: an eye on moving forward yeah um, and with him you mentioned it's it's november for all of them he had been right pastiger, but that's also his first full season he's, exactly and that's he's 19 years old he's from haiti and the curveballs i if i remember the game you're at you're coming from like 25 year olds uh yeah. some of them
1: were the relievers were okay. longer, but no and that's exactly the point where again context matters so just because you know certain you know i think the timing of everything at the end really really does have an impact i mean these guys were exhausted and a couple people even chuckled. Uh, a couple scouts just around that, man. Everyone's going, you know, half speed right now, and couldn't take, you know, too much of it. Uh, to uh, I don't want to say too seriously, but you know, you had to keep it into account. Uh, one other guy who who showed really well for me after not having a great fall was uh, Sandy Alcantara. We all know his deal. Hard thrower tends to leave the fastball over the plate and it gets hit when he does. Uh, doesn't have great breaking ball feel. He'll show you at various points a really good slider and a really good curveball, but more often they're just kind of one hard slurvy pitch that he doesn't control very well. Um, but he was able to uh, to go through four scoreless innings against a good Peoria offense with a lot of their uh, very talented players playing that night. Um, again, even without having the curb, uh, the breaking ball with them and you know that's gonna be an interesting guy to me. That, you know, not sure what he's gonna be. I think there's a, a strong sense there's a he's probably a future reliever, but at the same time his fastball's so electric. If he can spot it, he can get through uh, laps multiple times as he continues to learn. Hopefully in Triple A next year, how to better use his breaking stuff.
0: Now you talked about Floria. Would not want you to go from one center fielder to another? You got to see Robles in the fall. Like I didn't because he was busy with the playoffs or something. Um what did you, you think of Mr. Robles?
1: So he got hit in the foot at uh, his uh, second or third at bat. I saw him go over one with a walk and a hit by pitch.
0: As he is wont to do. So
1: I didn't get a great look at him. Um, the little bits you saw were you know, great, great tracking in center field, which we saw uh, when he came here with Potomac for Bowie's Creek. Uh, makes it look really easy out there to cover a tremendous amount of ground. One thing that was encouraging was he, uh, got a great jump and stole the base before he exited that game. And that's been one thing that's been talked about with him is not running into outs, translating that speed into efficient base running. And, uh, he did a nice job in that regard. So again, wasn't the, uh, the longest look in the world, but, um, again, you know, you see the talent, you see the athleticism. And, uh, you know, we've talked about hit by pitches and he's missed quite a few games at various points because of that. And he just, hope that he can continue to find a way to, you know, obviously getting hit by pitch, you get on base, you help your team a little bit, but you also don't want to be missing too many games. So see if we
0: can find a happy medium there for him. Talked about hitters, talked about pitchers. How about a defender? Give me a defender that really jumped for you.
1: You know, it, it really was Estrada. I mean, I, I, I really tried to keep a close eye on different guys doing different things, and Estrada just Again, you talk about what shortstops look like at that next level. I mean, he's got everything you want to see. Uh, one guy who's a little bit under the radar, um, but has he impressed me the first time I saw him this summer playing the outfield, and he further impressed me in the fall league, Troy Montgomery with the Angels. This is a kid who, uh, during middle of the year, saw him uh, playing center field for Inland Empire, a diving catch to his right, diving catch to his left in the gap. Uh, very, very, you know, twitchy, quick reflexes out there. I uh, was playing right field uh, in the fall league, and he uh, fired a beautiful one-hopper to gun down a runner at the plate on the sack fly. Now that runner was a catcher. The race, Brett Sullivan. But nonetheless, I think, you know, anytime you see a one-hopper on a line, you know, medium depth from right field, it's a good thing to see. And in the context of writing about that, I went back and looked. He has four outfield assists in 18 fall league games. Which is as many as he had all during the regular season. So you talk about a guy who's a really, really good defensive outfielder with the glove, with his speed, the way he moves, can play center, can play a corner. And now you've added this increased, you know, arm strength to throw runners out at an increased rate. It's pretty promising.
0: Now, I, I held him back a little earlier. Give me some tales of Acuna. Uh,
1: first game I saw Peoria, he did not play.
0: Alright, it's a good tale. Uh, second game, he,
1: uh, what do you do? think it was one for three with us he had a single again just the days i happened to be there he didn't go off but we all know what this guy can do um you know very very talented individual with a very promising future ahead i think as we move forward we'll continue to see him blossom and you know i think he's in great shape to be the fall league mvp uh, we'll you know get that uh, announcement shortly. Uh, we'll have a top ten Arizona Fall leagues top prospects list. I From think you great Bill Mitchell. I would imagine you'll see him up there uh fairly high to say the least
0: yeah i mean he'll it'll be an upset if he's not number one
1: yeah, yeah so I think he's uh you know just because the days I happened to be there he didn't you know hit two bombs as he did while I was in Arizona. I just was not at that particular game.
0: I mean the guy's a stud, everyone knows that there's no secret. This is the curse of BA. I mean, I, I was trying to see him in the very first day of, uh, of our season this year in uh, the fall or in the spring training, and I went to the low A and high A games, figuring, okay, he'll be in one of those games. Well, he was in the double A game, which was uh, the other site, which was back in Orlando. Where I was in Lakeland, and he hit two home runs that day. And you missed his two home run game, correct? In the fall, right? Yep. I've never seen him get an extra base hit. Uh, uh, I didn't even get an extra base hit here. He might have gotten one while I was there in the fall league, um. But you know, he he tends to go off when we're not watching him. So you know, you've been warned, Braves fans. If we're around, he's only going to be really good, not just you know excellent. Um. But yeah,
1: no, it's a lot of talent. I think you know one of the other things that's fun is the mix of you see those guys. You know, Acuna's, the, the Robles is. We talked about some of the other guys who. Are good players and seeing them in this environment where they're playing against the other best of the best for the most part, even when, you know, if they're all tired. It's, it's pretty impressive. You know, one guy I forgot to mention I wrote about when I was out there, Sean Murphy. Uh, this is a kid who, when I went out, uh, did some California League coverage for us, saw him playing for Stockton earlier this year. Again, I knew the name, I knew the defense reputation, just did not have a great sense of, of his total package and came out of that California League trip going, yo, this guy might be. I mean, this is a really, really, really good prospect. Not only was he stand up defensively, but there's some real thump in the bat. It's a pretty simple, you know, approach. Um, just kind of, you know, bat the, wait for a fastball, bat to the ball, and lets his brute strength do the work. Uh, saw him really well there. Came back out in the fall league, and you know, five five at bats, five hard hit balls, including a, a long double to the right center gap. You know, I wrote about even though he didn't have a home run in the fall league, no one was tripping because he was hitting a lot of balls very hard. So I think that's a guy anytime you see, you know, a catcher who can hit like he can and oh, by the way, be the standout defender he is. You know, it's interesting. I I don't think he'll be a top 100 prospect just given, uh, you know, his performance at double A last year was not great. And I think you probably want to see a little more to elevate a guy to that level, but I'm not going to put it past him to make the necessary adjustments. And if he can start tapping into that power and just that brute strength of his against upper level pitching, they talked a little bit about just incorporating his lower half a little bit more. I would not be surprised if he ends up having a longer, you know, more fruitful career than, than a lot of other uh, elite prospects.
0: Now to to point out, Kyle is Californian. He's already dropped a yo and a trippin' <laughs> in this podcast. So,
1: <laughs> No, nah, man, wait till I just start dropping double overheads and dogs. And hellas. No, um, no, 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 no. That's NorCal. That is not acceptable anywhere below uh, Ventura County. Well, I use that all the time. So,
0: <laughs> and I'm not from anywhere in California. So we're talk- from Oregon, which yeah, it's not, not it's not California at California, all. Not California, but you guys get the lingo. Um, I think I picked it up on the East Coast, actually. Um, For shame. Uh, so we talked about you know we don't really tend to raise or lower a guy too much on on an Arizona Fall League performance. Was there anybody here that solidified their spot as a top 100? I mean, besides the obvious guys, maybe maybe did it a little bit for you?
1: That's a good question. I, again, I go back to Keller a little bit. Um, I was thinking, you know, Sandy Alcantara was not a top 100 guy for us last year. I think based on how we have him graded this year, he'll be in the mix. Um, obviously, his total fall league was not great, but... You know, maybe shows you enough that you could, you know, show, showed enough the night I was there where you could make the argument that, you know, hey, he should be on here ahead of, you know, for example, it just based off what I've seen from both of them, if you were to ask me if I'd rather have Sandy Alcantar or Yadir Alvarez, I'd tell you Sandy Alcantar and I don't have to think twice about it. Um, Yadier Alvarez has been a top 100 prospect. Sandy Alcantar has not been. So I think there's a, uh, you know, that's an example of, of a situation where you could say, okay, Seeing what we've seen now, uh, in the context as well of what's been done throughout the year, um, again, I, I think Mitch Keller's kind of solidifying that. Okay, he does belong in that top tier prospect list. Uh, it's probably uh, probably as, as close as it gets in terms of a guy who really
0: solidified something for me. So, how about guys you want to see more of next year? I mean, there's just, oh no. Before we get there, did you get a look at Andres Munoz? The I did not. Oh, disappointed.
1: That's... Wanted to saw Peoria twice. Uh, missed him. Uh, I think I saw the
0: day after I saw him, he pitched. So. I think you talked about earlier, was this isn't Munoz, obviously, but you talked about earlier Yancey Almonte was a guy to kind of yeah. lift your fire, as it were.
1: So Yancey Almonte has not had the most successful fall league. I believe it's a 6.97 ERA when I last checked. I think he might have pitched once or twice since then. This was a guy in the California League last year that opened a lot of eyes. Seeing him in the fall league, um, you know, I really solidified... This guy probably is a reliever. Just given his delivery, his arsenal, but that's premium. That's premium stuff. Fastball slider combination. When it's on, it's dirty. Uh, that's a guy that, again, going into this year, again, I ranked him top ten Rockies prospects midseason update. Um, so we knew he was good, but seeing it, you know, how it how it worked and how it played for itself, you can say yes, this is a guy who has the stuff to potentially do some good things. you at a seventh inning, an eighth inning, and Certain things break right, maybe even a ninth inning. Um, They're going to still develop him as a starter. At least that was the plan, that last conversation. But uh, I think you can put him in the the bullpen, no problem. Another guy kind of like that, Victor Reyes, um, who's interesting because there's profile questions because he has not hit for any power in games. At the same time, a switch hitter who played the whole year 22 at double A, just turned 23, 22 double A, has hit everywhere he's been. I think it's a career 290, average 360 on base. Um, excellent, really fine-tuned his base-stealing ability. I believe he's 12 for 13 in the ball league, stealing third base as well as second. I think you see guys, you know, 22-year-old switch hitter who's hit at every level, gotten on base at every level, at times was a plus defender in the corners. At others, made plays that made you scratch your head. But you see the flash of that ability. Uh, this is a guy that... If he ended up on a major league roster sometime in the next three or
0: four years, I would not be shocked. So we'll go back to the question I had started earlier, which was, you know, you've got to taste some of these guys you maybe hadn't seen before. Who do you want to see more of that we'll probably get a chance to see next year, either here or on various trips to wherever?
1: Hmm, you're making
0: me think. That's Um, my job. (laughs) This is a David Frost situation here. I'll just pull out my notebook. Um...
1: Truthfully, the answer actually might be Sandy Alcantara. I would love to see him. Naturally, uh, you pick the one that we're gonna have trouble
0: seeing next. Right,
1: and it was gonna be, well, if he, they could throw him at Memphis in rotation. The conversations i had had with some some individuals suggested that was what they would like to do. Um, depending now on the, you know not tendering Trevor, Trevor Rosenthal contract and Sung Wan uh, oh. oh hitting free agency. Depending on what other moves they're able to make this offseason, they might just stick him in the bullpen anyway. But if he's a AAA in Memphis, I'll be very interested to see just how he develops. Because if he can separate those breaking balls consistently and, you know, I think his changeup right now, at the ratio is about 1 in 6, 1 in 5. 1 in 6 are actually viable good pitches, but when they're good, they're really good. So, just seeing his development, if he can fine tune those two things, you see the long, loose, lanky body, you see the easy velocity, there could be something really good there. But again, I, I want to
0: see how it develops next year. So, let's take it past the fall league then. Best prospect, position player, and pitcher you saw all year? Because this is essentially a season wrap podcast, too. All year? I, th- I think you have to give it to Acuna. Mm-hmm.
1: Just everything he's done, you know. Even though the four days he was here at Durham, and then the times I saw him in the fall league, uh, you know, it was singles. It, it, you know, there weren't any two or three home run games. You saw the talent, you saw the speed, you saw the energy, you saw all the different things he could do. Uh, flashed a big arm from right field at times.
0: The futures game, yeah. We kept
1: pegging guys in the back. <laughs> I think you have to give Acuna the, the most impressive uh, award there, pitchers. You know, when Brent Honey when Brent Honeywell was on, it was pretty special. I mean, that's a guy that when he had his fastball, curveball, changeup, slider, and screwball all working, and every single one of them was playing above average to plus. You could you could at times throw a plus on each of those pitches. Uh, curveball probably less so than the others, maybe, but all of them were just silly at certain points. I think, even though I'm not going to sit here and say I would rank Brent Honeywell ahead of Mitch Keller and or Alex Reyes, just given you know, some of the other considerations. I think if you're me the most impressive guy I saw this year in terms of just when he was on, I probably would have to give it to Brett Honeywell.
0: Yeah, he was pretty darn good every fifth day or so for them. Um, obviously Acuna is at the very top of my list for all things, uh, position player-wise. I'd like to see more of Vladdy Guerrero, and since he'll be in the Eastern League next year, I think Ben Badler will get Quite a bit of him. That'll be year. driving up to New Hampshire quite a bit. He may be moving to New Hampshire. <laughs> I, um, I will say... With Boba by the way.
1: One guy who... It's interesting because the totality of his season was fine, but I think there were certain people who expected better, but I, I got to see him when he was right, when he was on, when everything was working, was Cal Quantrill. It's a guy that the fastball, when it's downhill at 95, and he's mixing in a changeup that's just... Guys are lunging at helplessly, and the day I was there, his slider was real, was working for him. Again, you're talking about three above-average pitches, aggressiveness, you know, command is solid. It's going to get better as he moves further away from Tommy John. So, the day when I was there and he was on, it was it was pretty pretty great. But again, in part because he's coming off of Tommy John, it wasn't always on the fastball flattened out at times, wasn't always consistently downhill. He tried to develop the curveball when he got to double-A. That's his weakest pitch. It got hit around a little bit. It was interesting. The changeup at times drew some so-so reviews, although for the most part it was consistently coming out as a plus to double-plus pitch.
0: One guy we talked about earlier today, back to the Fall League, that we didn't mention here yet is Eric Falea. Um The 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 man, the, the, the shimmy, the, the mariner.
1: Yeah, all the guy does is hit. You know, it was interesting. And shimmy. You know... Talking, you know, last year he was drafted, went in Northwest League and just raked. Um, you did the Northwest League top 20 rankings. I did the Mariners top prospect rankings. And, and I think the general sense was let, let's see him do it at higher levels because he was 24 at the time, facing 19, 20, 21 year olds. Skipped lowway, went straight to the California League this year. And I when I went out, uh, I saw him two games for Modesto. I was very impressed with just how mature. Uh, an approach he had, you know, even taking age into account, the quality of his approach is probably a better word um, fantastic guy ability to spoil off pitches, I saw him uh, re- against a rehab in Cam Bedrosian, you know, big league closer and Bedrosian's, you know, sitting 94-96 and bringing it and Philly just fouled him off fouled him off, fouled him off, fouled him off and worked a count full, it was 11 pitch at bat, and then he finished it by lining a, a hard shot right past uh, Bedrosian's head, and almost took him off and then go out in the Fall League, saw him, again, work counts. Even when he, you know, made an out, it was after a 7-8 pitch at bat. He was able to get the bat on the ball against, the, you know, some of the premium stuff he was seeing. Now, admittedly, there was not a lot of premium stuff in the Fall League. The pitching crop as a whole this year was not particularly great, and these guys were gassed. But when he did have to, you know, put a bat on 95-96, he did. Get 408 this year in the fall league and again it's not like he's never done this before he hit at ucla he's hit everywhere he's had to be you know he's older and you know you could raise some profile questions you know it's a pure contact you know just it's a very smooth line drive hard contact you know back up the middle type stroke where this is not a guy who's ever going to hit 20 25 30 bombs at least you don't think he is you never know what the ball's today um so, you know, he's older and he's limited to a corner. I think one big improvement was during his time in the Cal League, he struggled a little bit with his roots and reads in right field. That was a shortcoming of his. I uh, took some much, much improved roots to balls during the fall league. So you say, okay, now this is a guy who you, you can plug into either corner outfield spot and you know is going to give you a great opportunity to get on base, you know, two out of the five times he's, he comes to the plate. That's that's a useful, usable major league piece. Now, so I think for me, the fall league for him sort of solidified, okay, he can do this. He can hit the premium velocity, even though he's an older guy. Double A is going to be a test next year for him. We'll see if he can keep it up over 162 games, but I think there's always been a little bit of
0: skepticism just based on his age, and you can't
1: deny it. The guy has always, always, always hit.
0: The favorite nugget about Eric Folia is that he's already played in Safeco Field because Everett, uh, whenever year he was in the the Northwest League, uh, had an issue with delays and they had to move one of their playoff games from uh, Everett Stadium to Safeco Field. So he's already gotten to the play there. He's already accomplished that. I think he made a home run saving catch at the wall um, in that particular game. So even if he never gets there, he's already lived out his dream technically. Um, yeah, again, you know, guy who can just hit like that.
1: I, I think it's always foolish to say no on a guy, especially left-handed hitter. Who could fill in at multiple spots for you, potentially a corner outfield, and writing a guy off like that that's writing off that skill set, I think, is foolish. But again, double A, we'll see how it translates. And I think at this point, you kind of have to give him the
0: benefit of the doubt based on his track record. All right, last and most important question we mentioned before you go or we went, there were certain places you were going to go to eat. They, did they live up to your dreams? Absolutely, hit up oregano's twice, they were as delicious as it should have been. I uh, went to
1: a local patron, uh, which is a new place on Mill Avenue, right by my old stopping grounds at ASU. Really, really bomb enchiladas, and uh, they fed us very, very well at the uh, at the uh, at the press boxes of the fall league. So I was very happy to get good Mexican food finally, because Lord knows there's none of it in North Carolina. He and, is
0: the master of hot takes.
1: Uh, hey, when it comes to Mexican food, I pull no punches. I expect a certain quality. Um, so it was great to be, uh, great to have some good enchiladas, oreganos is bomb as
0: always. And, uh, so we'll add two bombs to the yo and the trippin. <laughs> <use the truck. laughs> uh, um,
1: but yeah, no, so it was a very, very, uh, apparently that's a California thing. He saying, but yeah, no, I learned that. Apparently no one else does that. And my wife and I are both like, we'd never realize that. Anyway, going back to food. Any, anytime I get oreganos twice in six days, I'm a happy man. I could have gone back a third time, but instead uh, did some did some lighter fare to try and not add twenty pounds on the trip.
0: It's not well if you'd had twenty pounds in a week, that'd been very impressive and it was spoken to a larger issue <laughs> um, very true uh, It's no twelve Mongolian grills in fourteen days or whatever I did, but um, I think that's called addiction, Josh. I, I don't care. <laughs> I have a problem and I like it. Um, anyway, this is going to be the end. Uh, so this special edition podcast of the Arizona Fall League was sponsored by Bowman, the first place to find the game's future stars. Visit tops.com for the latest news on Bowman baseball trading cards. For Kyle Glazer, I'm Josh Norris. Enjoy your weekend and your holiday.